0: Oh, there you go. Recording in progress. All right. Um, We're pretty excited today here on the Agency Podcast Mm -hmm. to have Lopez, the mighty Lopez, playing with Mm -hmm. us and talking to us. Eugene and I have known Lopez for a number of years. We don't have to say how many.
1: (laughs) And uh, we're just
0: glad to have you. Um, I'm in Chicago, Eugene. In Toronto. And
2: And I'm in Huntsville all right about about two hours two hours north of eugene
0: that's right and um lopez is a singer and songwriter and great musician and entertainer uh we knew him in toronto and um we're just really glad to have you here how's things been going
2: uh it um they've been going it's been a for like we had a pandemic well that's it it's been a it's you know it's been a very strange time for everybody Yeah, it's it's been, uh, uh, you know, nothing, nothing like normal from two summers ago.
0: That's right.
2: You know, uh,
0: uh, and it's very weird, I think, for people who like to be in a community like performers or artists. It's because all of a sudden you can't do that.
2: And I could never have imagined a world where, where, uh, you know, entertainment, live entertainment was was banned. You know, yes. I couldn't imagine that the circumstances. You know, well, we, you know, we found out, and I, you could probably have looked back at 1918 and probably found a lot of those jazz bands out of work and stuff. You know, because people right. couldn't gather inside.
0: Right. Well, some but, people say that some of the jazz <coughs> came out of that.
2: Well, I wonder. I mean, <clears throat> what it it has a it's going. It's go, I can only imagine it's going to have a, a major effect on so many different things we had we've had we had a grandchild born
0: oh congratulations
2: uh, last april yes the, april 2020 my partner's son's second daughter was yeah bad. and you know it took it, it was like six weeks before we could uh for Emma could hold her yeah. you know that for 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 grandma that was just torturous yeah you know? yeah so i mean uh, that kind of and 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 that generation of kids, I think, you know, they're not being handed around
1: to mm-hmm. their
2: grandparents and it's in-laws so and, mm-hmm. and brothers and sisters. And so there's, a, you know, they're not going to be as socialized as yeah. Yeah. You know, other generations. And then there's the whole education issue of being, you know, a whole generation being set back.
0: So true. Know. So true.
2: So, for you know, like I, you know, in a way, it seems kind of trivial, you know, to complain about, you know, oh, the poor musician or the actor doesn't, you know, get to do his thing. But what I've discovered, and I had this rolling conversation with a a fellow local musician um, about the uh, potential for an increased appreciation for live music and live performance having been uh you know deprived of it for Mm -hmm. uh you know going on two years yeah so so that you know the first time we played uh um in a group uh in in huntsville here you know and everything's outdoors so it's patio Mm -hmm. and uh but I, you could tell it was a, a above and beyond kind of response, you know, that people were like uh, really digging it and, yeah. and and expressing how wow they had missed that. Yeah, I'm like, and, sure. And, you know, how 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 in in one way it seems, you know, all well, this like you know if there's ever uh, something to be cut from the budget uh, for <laughs> a school board, it's going to be music or, or theater, right? Oh my God, you're right. And I hate right? that it's the way the so right. Yep. But, you're but, so right. but 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 how dependent are we? In our culture for our collective sanity mm-hmm. and you know just to have the, the you know we don't prior prioritize them but it's like you don't miss your water until the well runs dry
0: right and then sure.
2: and then you know you go a whole bunch of thirsty ears out there yes
0: yeah, sometimes yeah. you know music obviously playing music at home during the pandemic fantastic but sometimes i would i went in my car you know, once it was a little bit more opened up. We weren't doing random trip, trips, but just to go to the grocery store and play music in the car. All of a sudden, I was like, oh, this is yeah. like amazing well, nightclub."
2: Well, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's it's the you know, and and being really sort of judicious about when you go out and how mm-hmm. you go out. You know, especially you know, uh, uh, well, I both in the states and in canada but more so in like say the difference between what eugene would have experienced yeah uh, as opposed to what i experienced uh january february march when we were hitting that peak i mean i would have been i would have been afraid uh, or at least highly anxious to to live downtown definitely
0: you know? definitely uh, and
2: yet up here i mean if we got two cases or three or four cases in a week you know that was big news you know uh we were lucky to have uh the small town and we're pretty spread out out, uh, up here so i mean uh you know not facing anything of the urban conditions that uh that 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 eugene faced or the 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 american conditions that you face sure
0: yeah i mean it's everyone's got a different pandemic that's for sure. Because right. my sister who actually gave me the heads up for the pandemic in February, she had said, you've got to buy two weeks of food. <laughs> I mean, I laugh so hard about the two weeks of food now, because and, at one point, because then everybody weeks of toilet
2: paper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: right. And then I, then she upped it to like, a, you better get a month's worth. And I was like, dude, you should have told me it was a year's worth.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: And then her, her pandemic, she's in Vancouver. So yeah. she was outside every day. She has an open grocery store. She could shop every day in at Granville market. It was a big huge warehouse. whereas you know, every time I went out every two or three weeks, I'd have anxiety for three days afterwards that yeah, grocery I grocery shopping
1: I, tremendously stressful. Maybe oh, yeah. I touched
0: something. And then you know we went to Florida and you know it's kind of BS about the no masks in Florida. People were being vigilant, but that's an outdoor, It's tropical and outdoors. They had more freedom than you have in the winter here.
2: Yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely Um, more. Yeah, and like even even here, like you know, going outdoors. You know, like a good friend of mine and and, uh, musician uh, uh, accomplice uh, (laughs) lives lives in Toronto. Has a cottage up here. Oh, he actually George Jackson. He actually produced my CD. Ah, great. And and and, you know. uh, just became a a great friend and collaborator, but I mean, he he talked about his winter in Toronto and then he couldn't wait to get up to, he's got a cottage in Bracebridge. So, I mean, he's been up and once he's up, he has been, you know, but, uh, you know, having to wait in line, you know, having, you know, he's on the, what, I think like the 12th floor of a condo oh, building, oh. you know, having to wait for the elevator because you can't oh, yeah. get right. packed in an elevator. Right. And then, like in every street corner, you just wait for the light to turn and all of a sudden you're in a crowd because yeah. that's Toronto. Yes. You know? yeah. But, in you know, none of that experience up here, again, you know, still like worried about going to the grocery store and uh, the pharmacy, but you, you yeah. do what you have to do, yeah. but and in the beginning, wiping everything down. Oh, and totally. after a while, it's like, you know, yeah. like the anxiety. For the, <laughs> oh, it was. Definitely. It was, it was
0: crazy. I also did a thing where I thought, oh, my God, what if I time traveled? Why didn't I write myself a note? Buy a lake house. Yeah. So to your friend, George, lucky him, because yeah, I yeah, certainly yeah. regretted not having a lake house. <laughs> or you know a place what? on I... the
2: beach. I and and I don't know if you followed what was going on in Halifax and specifically but it, in the Maritimes in general Nova Scotia they had the Atlantic bubble and, and yep. uh, were able to really manage uh, the outbreak
0: yeah. yeah kind and, of fascinating uh,
2: it was you know and and the the you know like we blue nosers you know like <laughs> it's not that we're not uh I wouldn't call us conformists by any stretch yeah I I I, I Watched uh, uh, Kenny Cyanide's uh, uh, pod, uh, listen yeah. to the podcast yeah. with you guys. So I mean, yeah. you know, and some uh, pretty iconic personalities have come out of the Maritimes. Oh you yeah, know? You, you think about Stomping Tom Connors, and you yeah. think about and Sarah McLaughlin, Sarah McLaughlin, yeah. you know, and and Hank Snow, who yeah. basically oh. owned owned Nashville for years. You know, from Lunenburg, <laughs> Nova Scotia. You know, like and uh, my Nashville T-shirt on. All right on, yeah, yeah. Hey, you
1: know at Hank Snow's one hundredth birthday, I was working for Canada Post doing media work, and we came out with a stamp. So I called up all the radio stations in Nova Scotia and said, "Hey, we got a stamp for Hank Snow's one hundredth birthday." There was so much excitement about that old guy. Everybody wanted to. Everybody wanted to talk about
2: it. Yeah, yeah, and like uh, you know, both of my parents, you know, grew up and with a lot of music and Hank Snow would have been one of their, you know, early heroes, you know, and being a Maritimer and being a Maritimer with, you know, Nashville success, you know, so he was a big deal. And, and uh, you know, my mom talked about her and her, her sister sitting, you know, in the orchard, just sitting, singing and playing uh, you know uh, all these Hank Snow songs that they would have to learn from memory, you know, Mm.
0: Uh,
2: but it, it, you know, so, yeah, the you know, but I was never more homesick than during the pandemic, and I saw oh. how how well how well managed, you know, and to be in Halifax again, you're by the ocean, you know, and yes. you can like the Vancouver yes. uh, situation and and and, oh, I never felt more homesick mm. and and what what it also seemed coincidentally that that at least a half dozen people, couples, whatever. Uh, that i i've known and met in muskoka have retired and bought property in in uh, nova scotia wow and it's like pissing me off like, <laughs> you know how did you get that break right you know? i feel and, and pissed
0: uh, off when someone buys property on vancouver island so i get it
2: that kind of thing right <laughs> i mean it's you know it's it mm-hmm. just jealousy i mean man because i oh know, yeah pure jealousy
0: pure i jealousy. own it yeah yeah
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> You and, uh, you think
0: you know me now? You buy the land I love.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, now you've met the dark side.
1: Yeah. <laughs> hey,
2: you talk well, to us a
1: bit about uh about Tales from the Wood.
2: Uh well, what do you want to know? I'm really proud of it. I think it sounds it's, great. It's a, as...
1: I think it's a great album. It gets Thank gets you. a lot of play around here.
2: Right on. Thank you. Oh, you guys would be talk about uh I'm gonna Ignore that question for a second, Eugene, and jump <laughs> yeah, to yeah. another question. Or another. Uh, you can make it, up your own questions if you want. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. It's, yeah, it's not a question, but it it's still just an answer. Regardless. So anyway, the hockey song, Jughead's oh, yeah. hockey song. Let's yeah. talk about this anecdote for a minute here. And uh, so my partner George, my my you know he's my summertime duo. He plays dobro and, and mandolin, and uh, so he's a perfect foil. I met him at the farmers market about eight years ago. Uh, and uh, the thing is he looks so square. I mean, I love you, George, but he looked like a friggin' <laughs> looks like a dentist, you know. Not even an accountant, but a dentist. And I'm sorry really, if there there might be hip dentists out there, but I haven't met one yet. I don't know.
1: You know, we're gonna get the hip dentists are gonna be writing
2: us. Oh, oh right. you're gonna get all yeah. sorts of hate shit at yeah, the yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs>
2: Podcast
1: at gmail.com.
2: But Anyway, so you know he shows up and then he and sits down and pulls out this dobro. And as it turned out, the only reason he was playing Dobro is because he had fallen off his bike and injured his wrist, so he couldn't fret anything, so he could use a bar and that, oh. but he was phenomenal. And what he didn't outright know he could intuit just because he was in, in into bluegrass and old-time country and and a fabulous musician. But his main instrument was guitar and he was even better on the mandolin. So, I mean, he's just and then and then I found out after about five years of seasonal friendship that he he made his career recording jingles for radio. He was a professional, oh. you know, jingle recorder and, and, you know, wrote, wrote and produced and had a happening career through the 80s and 90s and, and uh, you know, it started to wind down in the 2000s kind of thing. And he uh, had a uh, had a studio in like Liberty Avenue, like in, down <laughs> in Toronto, like where so many other film studios are. And anyway, he um, had the recording studio, and it was perfect timing because just, just maybe within a few years of him uh, of of of, of tape based recording studios going the way of the dinosaur, mm. he was able to sell all of his tape gear to this other studio that wanted to expand. So he got the cash out and set himself up in pro tools in his mississauga home basement mm-hmm. and carried on recording from there with you know no overhead so
1: wow
2: but anyway to have this re- buddy in his resort so anyway i'm telling a really long story here I hope no we love
1: know. it it's all good I, I, it.
2: I had a puff earlier so i'm feeling all right and drinking all sorts <laughs> of coffee so I mean,
1: uh
2: which brings up another you know subject as far as uh tales from the woods but i'm jumping all over the place i gotta finish the george story because so he's he, he had his first grandchild uh emerson born uh he's not quite two or or mm-hmm. almost two yeah and uh and his parents for whatever reason turned him on to the hockey song and it's become his favorite song like he can't go in the car you know uh, for, a, for a trip without you know <laughs> the hockey song on he's become this huge Funny. and so at one time at one time uh i i the only time i don't perform the hockey song i don't like doing it solo it's it's jughead it's not me yeah, you know what i mean yeah. and it's sure like, it belongs sure. it belongs you know and to do it solo as opposed to do it with jughead,
0: yeah yeah
2: you know it's just you don't do it justice and yeah. so so i i rarely do it but uh j- I knew Emerson was going to they were going to keep him up for one of my live streams so I did it oh. and then later after the show they sent me a, a cell phone v- and he was just freaking out and it was just when I went into the chorus and he just and he's he, he he doesn't have a vocabulary yet verbally but he yeah. signs yeah so as soon as we said fin- he, he, this because his parents taught him how to sign yeah but he he finished. Uh, finished the first chorus and he turns around to his mom and i I guess the sign for more you know he just wanted more more and it was just amazing to watch the reaction yeah and then uh so fast forward to uh a couple weeks ago i'm playing george and i as a duo we're playing this outdoor barbecue place outdoor bar like restaurant patio thing and um And we know Emerson's coming. So I get George to (laughs) practice up the other part of the hockey song so we can actually have the dialogue and, and perform it for, for Emerson. uh, Mm -hmm. When he, so he came and but he was more subdued because there's people there and he wasn't quite as, but I saw someone sit way at the back of the patio, uh, a young couple, and they were getting quite excited. I could see them having a very physical reaction to the perform, us performing the hockey song. And so after we had finished the set and they, we're on the way out he stopped by this guy uh in his uh early 30s late 20s i forget 28 yeah he was 28 same age as george's daughter i'm going all over the place here it's
0: okay i've had my edible before we started so i'm i'm on the same page (laughs) okay right on good
2: (laughs) anyway he had so jughead back in the day in the uh Early 90s, and yeah. I don't remember exactly when, but we got hired by some guy to come up to Muskoka and play a cottage, to play a private party on some rich cat's patio on yeah. some lake around here. And I don't remember exactly where, but I do remember the gig. And it was, you know, we were well looked after and everyone had fun, you know. We yeah. just, everyone loved the band. And anyway, this guy was this guy was the, the son he was the child. He was there. Oh. He was sort of hiding behind, you know. Yeah. He was there watching the party, you know, from the shadows kind of thing and and uh, you know, thought Jughead was just this, you know. <laughs> yeah, He had stars in his eyes. He was like, Jughead, it was just amazing to be for you.
0: toddlers. yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but he, you know, he still has the Jughead CD. He plays it all the yeah. time, you know. Like, it's just, uh, like, and it's just amazing that you think about, uh, You guys the, touched the, a lot of people. Small, you did. Well, small but significant, I would yeah. say. You did touch you a know, lot of people. The, 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 and the, some the, of
1: us over and over and over again.
0: <laughs> and I mean, you know, how many hockey songs are there? You must well, know. there's two. There's two. two, exactly. So right? there you and, go. And, there should be
2: I, more. Well, you'd or think maybe so. not. <laughs> but I mean, like, you have to be pretty bold to, once Stomp and Tom writes. Canadian song you don't Mm -hmm. cover that you don't touch that subject unless you say the tragically hip and you're going to do something really (laughs) different with it right you uh you know because Stomp and Tom is just too iconic for those of us into you know Canadiana yeah you you know what I mean but and that's why when when we recorded and released our hockey song I wanted to call it the other hockey song
0: in reference to
2: Stomp and Tom because you know that's the iconic hockey song if you ask you know, everybody in Canada, if you ask them about the <laughs> hockey song, is going to say, oh, Stompa Tom's hockey. Very few of them. Me and my friends are going to say Jughead. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. not that many. Uh Stompa Tom is going to be up on the, you know, yeah. for who does the hockey song. That's what yeah. I wanted to call it the other hockey song, but I was about it. <laughs> and uh, Which is very un, uh, unusual because, I mean, i jughead wasn't a democracy we didn't get to <laughs> very many things i really was uh we do And i was a nazi yes. i just yeah, you know, we know. No, I, say it isn't so we is know true.
0: yeah
2: but, you know i used to have and you guys remember a gold, a gold tooth. tooth
0: yeah it yeah. it
2: fell out oh. it fell out uh a week before my 40th birthday wow and i don't know i guess that was uh that was China. it huh I guess that the gold tooth being the last vestige of my youth, yeah. finally, you know, <laughs> rolling up, crawling into a hole and dying. But uh, <laughs> they used to call me, and I, I, I guess they called it for a while before I heard the gold tooth e- ego. You know, he's a gold tooth egomaniac. That was <laughs> my, uh, I had no idea. I thought, you know, when you're
0: inspired, me. When you're inspired, you're inspired, you know. Um, I watched well, the Val Kilmer movie, and people always said he was an, a jerk. I don't think
2: he was. I think he was really inspired. I think that you know, it takes a vision. You have to yes. have a vision, and and yes. and to be true to that vision, quite often, that's not a democrat a, a democratic process, right? You know, it's it's a single kind of vision whatever you know Mm -hmm. for lack of a better term and that's that's how I felt about you know I Jughead was the third jug band that Mm -hmm. that I had uh been a part of you know uh three years earlier I had uh and the 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 first one called the Cooter family and they were brilliant (laughs) um and, and we were all like and, and and a good friend of mine, Derek Daniels, he's now a, is a I think he's a lawyer in Vancouver, but uh, he he we all uh, went to high school together and um, this is a you know three or four years after high school.
0: Yeah.
2: he invited me to come jam and uh, I had I had actually lived in Toronto for a couple years and come back to Halifax. He had heard I was back, hey, come on over, bring your guitar. And I had learned all these Johnny Cash songs, and and he showed up with a washtub bass. Holy shit, what is that? And we jammed just the two of us, and it was like that's amazing. I had never played with one before, you know. And mm. it was so. And he had had learned a collection of some really off the wall hillbilly songs. Uh, and uh, then we oh, well, well, you know, we got we did it again. Uh, anyway, it became the Cooter family, so we all assumed <laughs> Cooter. So I was Scooter Cooter. And and uh and uh uh my buddy Derek, he was Vern, Vern Cooter, And Vern, but he was he was because he was big brother and big okay. brother Vern and and he was the devil though. Vern is <laughs> the devil. You have to watch out for Vern. All but right. we had it was and we all had our, you know, um a buddy of mine who just passed away actually sadly not long ago. Oh, sorry, it was uh um jebediah cooter and there was uh franklin Delano roosevelt cooter and there is our other brother verne cooter of course uh you had to have another one and you know and bonnie lou bonnie lou the cute little uh she played the washboard and uh she was just the picture of cuteness so we, we used to like play i don't know if you know halifax at all but just outside just off the uh, grand parade uh and there's all these bars and we would stop traffic we would have such a big crowd uh, all of downtown and uh, I mean I remember playing and people would be pitching coins from across <laughs> the street and they'd be bouncing off my guitar <laughs> strings Beautiful. And, you know. and it Beautiful, was just right. mayhem and you know And uh, we, there was a complaint by one of the store owners that we Uh-oh. were being disruptive right yeah. and uh, so I remember the mayor came down one night with his entourage when we were playing some Friday <laughs> night and the next year they started the Busking Buskers Festival, so I think there that we go. were, you know, directly responsible for for that. Although by that time we had split up and I had moved to Vancouver, oh. uh, the that band only lasted like one summer, yeah, one summer, one winter. We had some pretty fun gigs though, <laughs> and then we, and we got to Vancouver and I had a a friend from Halifax living there going to Emily Carr,
0: uh-huh.
2: and uh, he was oh we got. A, and like, I had the repertoire in my head. So it was, you know, and then another friend will teach him how to play the washboard. And so there was the Hard Rock Miners in Vancouver. Mm, and, that, good name. and that was a great name. And they carried on. They they did quite a bit of stuff after. Because, I mean, again, I was in Vancouver for less than a year. And I ended up moving back to Toronto. And they carried on as the, the Hard Rock Miners for several years. Um, and did fairly well for themselves, too. But I went, I moved back to Toronto to start another rock band with Richard Carstens, you guys remember the whammy? I don't know if you ever came to see the whammy play, if you're into that kind of thing, uh, mm-hmm. in the early nineties. And when that band, no, it was late eighties, whatever. And when that band broke up, everything happened all in the same year. I, 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 I quit a job that I had had for like, since I'd come back from Vancouver, the same girlfriend that I had had in that same time period and the band that I came back. To Toronto four all evaporated oh. in one year. Wow. So I was like, got a new job. That's when I moved into the warehouse space <laughs> right. down uh, right. King and uh, Dufferin yeah. area, Liberty and Moat, and uh, and started busking. And buddy, you know, I got taught Tim you know, Tim James here. You, you know, here's how you build a. Showed him <laughs> how to uh, to build and play a washtub. You know and, and uh, found a little washboard for Smith and uh, you know, met. Here's how you play the spoons, and just like we were all hanging out and getting drunk on a Friday night anyway. Yeah, so let's go do it. And I have this repertoire, all you guys have to do is basically count to four, and do something, <laughs> right? Count to four, that could be
1: hard, Lopez.
2: <laughs> well, it can be, but I mean, I mean, it, it can be challenging, and I know that if you ever watch a drunk pick up some drunk in a bar pick up the tambourine like i'm gonna play tambourine and it's mayhem one knows how to play the tambourine unless you know how to play the tambourine right. you don't just pick it up and become musical i think
0: know, i was
2: like, that guy once oh, well, i'm sure we all were at once <laughs> you No, know, it's like you know the guy that picks up the cowbell or the guy, the, that, the, the guy that
1: the first time i heard you play lopez i think yeah. was outdoors oh yeah was on it the the was scene, in front scene. of uh, natalie's house on queen street yeah mm, uh, north north side of queen she was natalie was running some kind of cafe there um and you guys you guys were playing out front outdoors
2: we i mean we we started we were a busking band we you know like one of you know it took us a while to transition into mm-hmm. being on stage mm-hmm. and uh which and it was one of the you know like I don't know if there's any any if if there was any sort of whatever you know philosophy or political statement or whatever to Jughead it was it was really anti-technology and that was where (laughs) I was at at the time so uh you know playing outdoors and it was great because we would have we had some amazing musicians too man like Chris Quinn I don't know if, if you remember or saw Aaron Solomon on the fiddle he, uh oh yeah sure. only sat in with us a few times and he was before Brian showed up uh Brian Morgan but uh Aaron Solomon he lives in Barrie now and just a just a phenomenal just a freak freak of a fiddle player and he's a Cape Breton fiddle player so he just had that extra thing <laughs> and uh and playing at, going down we you know um after our, our first summer we just we were we were Go drinking at the, at the bev and then we'd run out of money so we'd have to run back outside <laughs> set up, play for play for an hour you know and get another whatever 40 50 bucks all right fuck go back uh to, into the bev for last call and get and that's where the name jughead came up because we were all all about you know we were heads for jugs yeah were, yeah know?
1: uh drink at will
2: drink at will like, yeah you know yeah. and and then so then, then we end up getting um our, we had to get a license which we had to audition for and uh played a queen's key down um, down mm-hmm. the waterfront for a couple summers and that was we get huge crowds that yeah. was great I and mean, you came down to those shows yeah that, was
0: that had to be good good bank there
2: it was good but you're always splitting it up yeah eight yeah. nine ten ways you know <laughs> so you know like it, it was never uh it was, it was only never enough have to, to live on Never, no, it wasn't going to be. I mean, and that's basically what led to me quitting the band. Is when I yeah. I got married and we got pregnant. You know, yeah. and I yeah. I knew I was not going to be able to raise a family, right? Uh, in this, you know, it, it could have been possible if it had hadn't been managed by an idiot. But I was the manager, so I mean, <laughs> basically, so I mean, like you know, I wouldn't say an idiot, maybe, but definitely a drunk. You know, Aww. I just wasn't. I I you know, I didn't have the. Yeah. Uh, you know, and whatever. And I was too arrogant to let anyone else do it. Uh, being the gold tooth egomaniac that I was.
0: <laughs> well, you know, that you do need to have that vision and you do need to be a leader. I come up against that sometimes, you know, with film is I often hire camera operators and they just look at you like you're a complete idiot and they, they don't want to do what you say. When, sometimes I have to take the camera and show them. So, yep. you know, you, you kind of struggle between what you want. And trying to be a peaceful communicator about it. And it's not easy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, and uh it's not easy. And you potentially you potentially lose friends. Although I think about it, I I, uh actually, you know, we did really well personality. We never stopped having fun. Yeah. You know, and I, I mean the whammy, the band that I quit. And start, you know, just before Jughead was a three-piece band, and mm. and the interpersonal squabbling and the and the drama <laughs> that three of us created, <laughs> you know, was like the van ride from from Toronto to Guelph was torturous, you know. And 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 Rich, I don't know how well you know Richard. I mean, visionary songwriter, I think, and I, he was great artist. But I mean, you notice a lot. I'm sure in your life that some people who have they have both genius and really poor social skills or <laughs> interpersonal skills. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, and that was Richard. He just poor, commu- for such a great communicator, he was such a poor communicator. You know, yeah. he wrote such great songs, but uh, failed um, to express himself well on a one to one kind of thing. You yeah,
0: know? no, it's tough, man. It's tough, especially when you can't really get that living going with it, too. So, on top of it, there's all the financial.
2: Yeah, it's just pressure stress. as well.
0: It's it's, it's a terrible pressure stress in a society that doesn't support uh no. support that. You really have you have to, so you do have to be ego-driven in a lot of ways just to keep playing and keep going. Well, so tell us about how you oh, or tell us no, about no, anything. No. I was gonna no, say no. your life now. Um you you're still playing, and I think that is so wonderful.
2: Yeah, I never I never quit and I don't know how I would other than if you know i lost a finger on the table right. saw or right. something like right. that Or it's not
0: let, don't do that
2: <laughs> or you know arthritis or whatever yeah. but uh i mean when i first moved up here and uh the first job i got was you know minimum wage and i yeah. had a, a three and soon to be four piece family to uh yeah. to feed and uh So I was able to get my foot in the door and basically, you know, that was what drove both the Hard Rock Miners and Jughead is I had this repertoire in my head of all these, Mm -hmm. what I thought were cool country and folk songs, you know, and, and had the repertoire. And so I just learned how, you know, I arranged them for solo guitar and, and uh, there's, uh, you know, an awful lot of weeks where if there hadn't been a gig on the weekend that uh you know not that we'd have gone hungry we just would have gone further into debt you know like we i bought a lot of groceries from doing you know playing the pubs uh, around here that's fantastic it was great and then uh you know and once the kids got sort of uh old enough like our my marriage fell apart after about 10 years Mm -hmm. and uh, i was hell-bent to move back to nova scotia but then you know you can't be that far away from your kids so no. it was a really hard decision but a really easy decision so i had to stick mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. and uh but once you know and then i was in every other weekend dad, and i you know i uh ended up with great relationships with both my daughters so i'm really uh, for, grateful for that but once they went off to college or university and mm-hmm. whatever where I did you know the the act of parenting
0: yeah uh,
2: um I just started amping up uh amping up the music thing you know like uh i had never i had written two songs you know i mean i'd started a whole bunch of them but finishing them was hard and i just said who you know all the good songs have already been written kind of thing and so i just (laughs) you know I, i i never never took the art of songwriting at all seriously uh you know, I, cause I would, I would find people like Richard Carstens who was a great songwriter and I'd rather, you know, uh, I'd rather back him up, you know, and, uh, guys that I recognize as being good songwriters. So, I mean, anyway, I thought, well, shit, I'll try to write some songs. And, uh, so when I turned 50, that was my goal and it was just a solo, just me and my 12 string, yeah. but, uh, you know, tales from the wood leading up to that was, uh, I was what uh, 55 at that point and i oh yeah okay i just i just got laid off i' had been working <laughs> at this wood shop uh kitchen cabinet shop where i'm i'm back to work there now mm. uh, i had a the, the son got hired and we had a personality conflict and i found out that i was on the wrong side of the blood <laughs> <clears throat> so i was briefly uh briefly on hiatus from that job mm. and uh but uh, i was I was drawing Pogi um I you know talk about uh, being funded uh, have that's the only way an artist is going to get funded these days and uh I basically wrote um uh, Tales from the Wood I had some of the songs kicking around before that but I basically spent the year uh recording demos I do a lot of home recording and uh so I uh, and then played them all for George um and he went you know when i i had what like 14 songs or whatever enough to uh enough to make an album yeah and, uh, and so uh he liked them enough and he offered to uh base offered his services so, you know i probably got between 10 and twenty thousand dollars worth of recording you know yeah yeah engineering expertise and whatnot uh uh from george and got this great so so polished i just love how it sounds but it doesn't sound overly commercial or cheesy it sounds like you know all of my songs have done justice you know what i mean and it's like wow it just sounds so it does beyond beyond what i uh had hoped for you know uh so you know uh i haven't done another one i don't know if i would uh I've re- released a couple like singles hmm. and I'll record a uh, but the idea of I mean recording them is one thing but releasing a CD at this point you're just releasing garbage. I mean phys- the physical garbage because yeah. I mean, oh, the way we the way we consume music everybody's all about the MP3. Everyone's right. got their whole library right. on their phone or iPad and and uh you know I and,
1: still miss the object I miss records and CDs.
2: Oh, I do too. I do too, and I miss. Uh, you know, I have a, I have a turntable I got for Christmas a couple of years ago, and and started working on a. And a, but it's funny, I don't listen to them. I mean, I, I listen to music all day at work. I have like this, re, re, you know, I got this ridiculous library of like it, the most schizophrenic <laughs> library, and play, and I just oh, put tell us on what random, it is.
0: Tell us, give us a. Like- give us an insight into
2: what that is well uh, it would go from motorhead uh-huh. to to uh 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 dizzy gillespie to uh you know the stones and then uh doc watson and uh to the ramones and then you know all this uh, like the monkeys or 60s <laughs> cool 60s rock you know I, I love elvis i love bo diddley i love chuck berry i love you know the iconic mm names of rock and roll and uh, bill monroe and uh, there's a whole bluegrass you know i most of the most of the 90s in my life the 1990s was all about bluegrass and, and uh learning playing with chris quinn and learning how mm-hmm. to play play guitar backing yeah. up a banjo a real banjo player you know
1: mm-hmm. oh he does that that scrug style banjo real fine he's oh, just man. about as good as anyone i've heard
2: Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's won Grammys or Junos or whatever, Junos. Yeah. You know, he's just an award winning. And he, you know, and, you know, he just showed up and wanted to sit in with us and became our regular. And I was like, wow, that's, you know, honored to have a player like that, you know, want to be a part of something.
1: Yeah. He also had the ability to play really complicated stuff without ever smiling.
2: Without ever smiling. (laughs) Without ever smiling, without any trace of a personality exactly. whatsoever. Boy, I, mean, that I hope was he's sur- listening. I hope he is. He got to. I, I you know, um that's what I used to joke about, you know, that some people some people have a life, other people play the banjo. <laughs> you know? And Chris Quinn gave up, you know, gave up having a life to uh to perfect the banjo, you know? He gave up he traded in his social skills, <laughs> you know, but I mean, I love the guy. Uh, a couple summers ago, he got in touch with me. Uh, he had, a, I forget, he had a gig in Gravenhurst, and his wife was, or his partner was with, yeah. was with him and they decided to get married and they okay. needed somebody to come and, uh, and no, witness. No. So he gives me a call. I was like, I had a gig, but I, you know, it was like I'm going to a gig, but stopping by this park. And there was a, <laughs> a, a preacher was sitting there and a photographer. And I I had stopped. Here's some champagne. Yay. And you know, like blah 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 blah. Yay, hug, 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 <laughs> hug. All right, gotta go. And uh I, amazing. You know, I got him married, and that was awesome. Wow. So you know wow. like, good job. Yeah, some of the some of the and that's going back to like the personalities and jughead, like we We were hanging out together. Anyway, we were friends. We never, as much as I was the whip cracking daddy, I never, (laughs) uh, got the sense that I was really creating resentments and, and, and pushing friends away because we always come back for more and we would hang out. You
0: guys were a going thing. I mean, you all were a lot of fun to hang out with.
2: Well, yeah. And we, and that was part of the contagious, element of the entertainment that we had to offer was that we were having so much fun <laughs>
0: yeah. it's
2: contagious you're going to yeah, have exactly fun. yeah because probably. i mean the the musical skill level dropped as the evening went on with every <laughs> performance because we would get shit faced well some by of the, our
0: appreciation
2: <laughs> but by most most of the time by the end of the set not so much for the matinees because i remember having to you know uh, keep my shit together yeah uh for some of the matinees but at not sneaky all d's. of them yeah at sneaky d's i remember yeah. i turned 30 at sneaky d's yeah. i remember drinking 30 shots of tequila oh, oh my oh uh, wrong.
1: yeah
2: yeah no I, over the course of the afternoon uh and i was i mean yeah
0: yeah well,
2: <laughs> I, I, I i don't recall remember a much. couple
0: of great ecstasy beer drinking shows with you guys that's for sure oh yeah yeah well i think i did a little microdose of lsd one time too
2: oh I, it was <laughs> nothing microdose about the acid i took it and we uh i did a lot of shows with jughead on acid i used to love yeah. playing on acid yeah it I was a, it was good drug for you know mushrooms no couldn't do it and cocaine was bad it does yep. fuck with your timing yes but acid you could lock in was...
0: <laughs> good to know there's some not helpful tips tips for
1: um young people don't Don't try this at home don't try this at home actually you know one of the best blues shows i ever saw was at a new year's party in what became the candy factory lofts and it was buzz upshaw and his band were playing oh yeah the late buzz upshaw and a friend of mine had given everybody in the band acid (laughs) Uh, and the band was just they were on fire they were so good (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah 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 i remember seeing buzz up at uh booze can uh somewhere in kensington market and just being floored yeah he had a hot band man yeah absolutely yeah that's a that's the thing I, I mean this the, the the culture shock of moving up here i remember yeah. um i had moved up i moved up um It was right I uh, I forget what was the timing of it but it was in June of whatever year it was and uh but in in the middle of July Jughead had this western tour booked so I went up and I worked and lived at my in-laws and worked at Gravenhurst for a a couple of weeks and then you know the van shows up and I jump in and it's Jughead madness for the Mm -hmm. next you know two or three weeks we go all the way to <laughs> all the way to Victoria and back damn, and all these different folk festivals. And then on the way back, all these different bars. And, mm-hmm. uh, it was a lot of fun, but, uh, you know, it, it nobody made any money and it was, uh, nice. it was, and it caused a lot of resentment because I, you know, demanded to get paid because I had a wife and child and the only mm-hmm. way I could justify that mm-hmm. was uh, i need mean, okay this is a minimum and uh mm-hmm. the guys agreed to it but i know it did and i'm not proud of that it's not a good but i had to i had you know
1: you do what you got to do
2: you got to do what you got to do and at that point i you know uh, whatever it's not, not casting any judgment but i couldn't be a father and not
0: right. be
2: responsible
0: you wanted to play and you wanted to provide
2: yeah and if and but providing was gonna providing was gonna take preference or you know um priority and uh so and then but i remember getting dropped off at the end of the tour and getting dropped off and just and the van driving away and i'm there with my bag and my guitar and a box of cds and i look up and i'm you know i'm in gravenhurst Mm. and i'm at my in-laws house Mm. and i i stuff all my stuff in in the in the in the garage and i go for a walk and i forget what weekend it was, i couldn't find i couldn't even find an open bar it was, oh, wow. i think it was like a sunday evening yeah. but i mean it wasn't that late but it was like there was nothing oh yeah. oh my god and just the culture shock of it yeah Oof. you know and you know living in toronto is like you, you get used to, the whole world is your menu the whole you know on yeah. any given night of the week you know, you can see a band from anywhere in the world. You know, yep, you can see definitely. These, and and these amazing players, and and you know, but and and there's local guys playing in the local bar. You know, they're not even stars, mm-hmm. but you just get to see such amazing talent. And the you know, because Canada, Toronto, like you know, myself and a lot of other musicians I met in Toronto, you you know, or Vancouver, you go to the centers. You know, if you want definitely. to try to make it as a musician back in those days, you you got to go to Toronto. Yep, and uh, uh just the the and then to come up here and you know that's why I did a soul. I don't hate to sound it but a uh, sound whatever like a gold-toothed egomaniac <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't find anyone to play with it took me yeah. forever you know yeah. to find players and then when I finally did you know and now I've got a, a, a pretty good network of guys yeah. but most of them are transplanted Torontonians you mm, know interesting or guys like myself that you know moved moved out the out to the country to raise their family to get away right. get out right. of downtown
0: yeah well that that ties into some of the things you were saying about you know making money and everything is eventually we can't live in the cities that we love because we can't afford to mm-hmm. i moved to toronto because of the art and the music yeah you know the yeah. bands you could see i mean i died yeah. the first time i started looking at the listings in the newspaper of the music It's freaking out
2: yeah. and then the, cu- then the, the art culture.
0: right the art, the, the art.
2: yeah yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you went to you went to OCAD, didn't you?
0: I did not go to OCAD. Oh, I went okay. to York University. York University. That's where I met Eugene. I applied oh, for okay. OCAD and I got accepted. And then I just decided, no, I'm not going to be in school anymore.
2: Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I no, hey, I, yeah. I get that. I, yeah. I did. I did one year at Dalhousie in Halifax after high school. I did one year at uh, the theater program.
0: Because ah.
2: that's the only thing. I mean, the only thing I could think of doing after hmm. high school was either either music or acting those were the only two things that i felt any calling for it wasn't you know and i recognized that life was too precious to do anything safe go get an accounting (laughs) degree or something you know it's like uh, i'm gonna live my life so i ran off and joined the circus but i did the one year and it was cool because uh john dunsworth who we all know is uh mr Leahy on trailer park boys mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. the late john dunworth dunsworth mm. was uh my acting professor and we became cool. actually pretty good friends he would come over to my friend's apartment just off campus and we'd sit and smoke joints and hang out and chat and he's just a really cool guy i mean uh but yeah that was cool. you know so i get i get dropping out of school i get that but i always thought it was okay You went but, so you
0: uh, you you definitely, I, I would be surprised if you didn't have some more songs in you, because you've got some pretty profound self-reflection going on here uh, 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 about yourself, about yourself and your life. And you've gone through a lot of things. Um, you know, I know that when I saw you at Horseshoe, I think it was the 25th anniversary of Jughead. Okay, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. believe that sounds so terrible saying it. Um, yeah, and you had said, look, you know, I, I've quit drinking. And I was like, yeah. "Well, you've done a great—you know—in a band that one of their uh, mottos was all drink.' You've yeah. done a yeah. pretty <laughs> good job of not drinking."
2: But and and uh, it's just been uh, a little over twenty years that I you wow, do it uh, on
0: your own accord. May I ask a personal question? Was it your no, own?
2: No, it was a, no, fiction? it was an attempt to save the marriage. Yeah, it was an attempt to save the marriage. I I I um I drank myself into some trouble up up here, when um, and that's the thing that's so seductive about or uh, about alcohol and our culture's relationship to yes. alcohol and i mean because i was a proponent i mean i wrote the song uh stumbling drunk and we're yeah. proud <laughs> proud consumers for of, laughing. you know no we you yeah. you know, I, you know I'm,
0: uh, and i drink 50 i don't drink blue yeah I, I quoted
1: that uh, a couple of weeks ago we were talking yeah. with dr with k there because yeah. because he he was he wanted to drink blue how could you do that
2: I heard that and I was like, wow, I, that's even, you know, 50 is like my dad would drink 50. My dad wouldn't drink blue, you know, like that was one of our battle cries, you know, dare to yeah. drink the beer of your father, you know. <laughs> yeah. The other battle cry was drink till you're retarded, you know. So, I mean, like we were like, you know, and then all drink, of course, which does found its way on stage and became, you know, mm-hmm. our battle cry, our go to. But, uh, And we sold a lot of beer and we sold a lot of liquor because I mean, like, and we would encourage people to bring trays of tequila, you know, (laughs) shots to the band. So buying 10 shots at a time, the bar loved us. Yeah, I'm sure. Any bar we played at just loved us. Mm. But uh, I know I, um, you know, and it's one thing to be drunk uh, after a gig in Toronto and be able to take a cab or a streetcar home. Mm. But um, I'm, I'm in Carnarvon drinking free beer (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh an hour away an hour's drive away and i'm driving and and i couldn't say no to i couldn't say no to free beer Mm -hmm. i could you know and and i was in the wrong business and um (laughs) for that and then i couldn't take a streetcar home i was driving and so eventually caught up with me and i i i I crashed my van and uh um you know got a drunk driving charge not proud of it but and it took me another year after that to uh finally you know because the marriage was on the rocks mm-hmm. and it was like uh so I quit drinking we stayed together for three more years damage had been done we split up and I just kept not drinking you know because by well, then I'm it proud of you. felt good you know yeah like, uh, yeah
0: you felt better and I, you I know, felt better it's very and, inspiring that you can um have the wherewithal to do that and to be so humorous and and brutal about it i appreciate that you
2: know i never you know i briefly for those last three years of the marriage i quit everything i quit smoking i quit smoking weed Mm -hmm. and i quit drinking and still the wheels came off and i started smoking again both tobacco and marijuana so i mean i i have a have had a constant love affair with with uh marijuana and of course it's legal in canada now and uh i don't know what the status is in chicago but it's legal is it essentially Uh, decriminalized essentially decriminalized decriminalized. yeah maybe maybe not as
0: not as legal as it is there
2: But, i mean it just blo- and and to be able to grow four yeah. and i got four plants growing outside' right, that, i right. mean i don't ever have to buy i can my harvest will do me well for the, oh. you know what i mean i, I never good. thought i'd see the day where weed was legal you know I, <laughs> right. but that's you know been my go-to uh drug of choice my you know uh my means of relaxation right. you know uh yeah and uh, just fortunate that uh i've uh was able you know but you know I feel, again i look i referenced richard karstens you know and mm. the two of us partied i kept up with him he kept up with mm. me we you know until the band fell apart we were you know total brothers in arms
0: right but
2: he never he never you know I, whereas you know i stopped doing all when i got married and moved out of toronto that was sort of the mm. end of my relationship with chemicals you yeah. know what i mean I yeah stopped. sure I uh stopped it's doing that It's hard acid to change and...
0: diapers when you're when you're high on chemicals.
2: Yeah, and, and <laughs> yeah, and it just wasn't, you know, uh, I had a different image of myself and I was yeah. the beer drinking worker, you yeah. know, like yeah. worker bees. So I yeah. mean, which again is our, our culture's relationship with beer drinking uh mm-hmm. as a mm-hmm. as a, a weekend uh you know right, right. of the working right. man. Yeah, you know, and how that's your uh, reward. As, exactly. You get you get it you get to drink till you're retarded on the weekends, now, you know. <laughs> but uh, you know and that 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 just catches up with a person when they you know absolutely hey, yeah you know what you're yeah. you're so
0: you're you're so fascinating and we're having such a fun time hearing these stories and these memories but
2: we're just babbling how long no, I oh, to, i'm hoping hour.
0: you might play us a couple of songs oh yeah oh. that'd be amazing right eugene
1: it would be fantastic we'd appreciate yeah. it is there any i got quest- so
0: caught up in your storytelling that well, I actually forgot that we were begging you to play us some music.
2: Well, is there, I just tend to ramble on, and, uh, but is there any um, Love it. subject matter that you wanted to? Uh... No,
0: no, whatever you feel inspired to play. It can be old timey or it can be one of yours, whatever you like.
2: Well, uh, uh, well, close enough can you hear that all right
1: oh yeah yeah it sounds good
2: well um i was raised on a farm just south of the sixth line we had an old barn where we spent all our time we had a big rope swing built forts in the hay in the springtime we played barn hockey every day Well, my brothers, they were playing with matches in the barn. They didn't mean to start it, they didn't mean no harm. But the fire, it grew too big to control. So they threw a bale of hay on it, covered it in snow. Then Ma said, Go find your brothers, see what they're up to now. Well, I caught them red handed, threw them out of the mouth then i picked up a shovel tried to whack the fire out but i knew right then the barn would burn down without a doubt so i ran back to the house went to get my mom and dad the barn is burning i said it looks pretty bad and as they got dressed i asked them what should we do Come with me, my father said. We gotta save the skidoos. Inside there were five machines, some working, some not. We pulled them into a snowbank for the stalls got too hot. Then the Englehart Voluntary Fire Brigade arrived a little too late. And we were afraid that we were gonna lose. The old pump house as well Let the barn burn, save the pump house My father, he yelled So we stood back and watched Nothing else that we could do When the dust, it combusted The fire, it grew With lumps in our throats And smoke in our eyes My father, he cursed My brothers, they cried for it was new year's day 1974 when my brothers built a fire on the hayloft floor and put to an end those good old days of yore now we won't be having no fun in that old barn no more no we won't be having no fun in that old barn no more yay yeah i always when I play that song which I do from time to time. but I always make sure I make the comment there that, that Tim James's song he wrote that's his story. I helped arrange it and make a song out of it but that's that's the James family, not the Phillips family. Okay. no one in my family was that stupid, okay? I was like, James that's a James story. All right, not a All film right. story. Duly noted. It made
1: a great song. It did great make song. a great song. It did too. Song. It
2: did. It made a great song, but I just need to be clear, you know. <laughs> if any of my family is listening, they want to make sure they... They uh... <laughs> same face. Well, let me see. Yeah, there's something a bit out of tune here. Well, this is one off of um, Tales from the Wood. And I remember uh, reading... Uh, some article about the natural pairing of uh, caffeine and THC. And I had already written this song, so it's like, like, I I knew. You knew before science. I knew that. Yeah. Having done the research. Having done the the research. (laughs) Having been the the guinea pig, as it were. (laughs) You know, I've been my own lab rat. (laughs) Close enough. Well, the plaster is cracked, the paper torn. The slippers are sleepy and the robe is worn. I'm looking at the window, it's a half past three There's a big full moon shining down on me I'm looking out on Main Street, it's as quiet as a book And I'm trying to remember the last hit I took Well, I'm thinking to myself, I'm getting too old for this shit I fumble through my pack, I find a cigarette. I swore when I turned 50 that I would quit. Just put that on the list of things I haven't done yet. I'm listening to James Brown singing, Please, 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 and I can hear him sweating on his stress with me. Well, there's a woman in Aurelia. There's one in North Bank. They'd change my way of living if they had their way. Be the one who'd take me in and help me get clean. Oh, I appreciate the offer, just not in the scene. You're looking for a lap dog. I'm not that breed. I think I'll be the left of my espresso with weed. well you can pick your poisons boys i will pick mine i had my day with powder spirits beer and wine i like to stay up late at night i rant and i rage and then i write my crazy thoughts down on a page i am well aware of the madness i feed on a steady diet of espresso and weed Thank you. Thank you. All right, on. you're welcome.
0: Fantastic. Now, where can we get that album?
2: Well, I, uh, see, I'm not all that well organized, but uh, you can send me an email and you guys have my email address. Yes, we do. uh,
0: MightyLopez9 at
2: gmail.com. That's right. And uh, that's the best I can do. Send me an email uh, with a request. We can figure out an e-transfer and I'll put one in the mail for you. Good. I love it. I got boxes of them downstairs. Excellent. (laughs) got lots of
0: them. Um, we'd love another song if you have one before sure, we go sure absolutely all right
2: um, what should we do um, any, no, no requests hey, do, you, want to do you
1: still play going back to the day do you still play farewell to Nova Scotia I do too I'd love to hear that one that was always my favorite when Junkin played
2: I could get pretty passionate about that song yeah The sun was setting in the west. The birds were singing on every tree. All of nature seemed inclined for a rest, but still there was no rest for me. Farewell to Nova Scotia, the sea-bound coast. That your mountains dark and dreary. For while I'm far away on the briny ocean tossed, will you ever heed a sigh of a wish for me? I have three brothers, and they are at rest. Their hands are folded upon their breast. But a poor, simple sailor just like me must be tossed on the high winds of the deep. Farewell to Nova Scotia, the sea-bound coast the your mountains dark and rare hide me For oh, while I'm far away on the briny ocean toss Will you ever heave a sigh or a wish for me? I grieve to leave my native land I grieve to leave my comrades all, And my parents whom I love so dear And the bonnie, bonnie lassie who I do adore Farewell to the Scotia, the sea-bound coast Let your mountains dark and rare I be for oh, while I'm far away on the briny ocean toss, will you ever heed a sigh of your ambition drums they do beat and the wars do alarm my captain calls and I must obey oh farewell farewell to my Nova Scotian charms early in the morning I'll be far far away farewell to Nova Scotia the sea bound coast let your mountains dark and rare I be. Oh, while I'm far away on the grainy ocean tossed, will you ever heave a sigh or a wish for me? Will you ever heave a sigh or a wish for me? Wow! Beautiful. Oh,
0: yeah! All You're a superstar!
2: Ah! Uh, choked me up there. Maybe.
0: You choked me up
2: ah right on well then i've done my job
0: that's right listen it's been fantastic to talk to you and catch up and you're just such a great guy to share such good stories with us we really appreciate it
2: well thanks for uh having me on and thanks for listening to me babble on uh.
1: (laughs) as great fun
2: great stories we really appreciate it thanks so much Thank you, Eugene. Thank you, Candy. Um, See ya. Good luck with everything in the future.
0: You too. We'll have this up tomorrow. Bye.
2: Awesome. All right. I'm out of here.